0: Welcome to the Karmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Edvita Patel. And
1: I'm Trudy Lewis. So today we're going to talk about conversation. So we're going to have a conversation about conversations. Um, this is a topic that I am so interested in, and I think uh, I think you'll remember we did a podcast, a while episode, a while ago about difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, this time I'm just going to talk about all conversations. <laughs> <laughs> but um, really, the, the real context for this is: have we lost the art of conversation um, in a world where technology is in in sorry, technology is front and center on what we do? Um, we spend a lot of time on emails, on texts, on social media. We no longer talk to each other. We no longer have proper conversations. And, um, some of the things I've been reading around this just, uh, it's just enlightening how many people say that conversations are one of the most important things that we need to do, um, for our learning, for how we develop, for how we, um, move, move around our thinking and expand how we express ourselves and many times what we have been doing by focusing so much on social media so much on technology we haven't been given ourselves the chance to actually express what's really going on for us we haven't been giving ourselves the chance to think about anything Um, as it relates to leadership, because originally I was thinking, let's just talk about conversations, powerful conversations as it relates to leadership. And then I thought, but actually, we all have a slight challenge when it comes to conversation. We would much rather interact in a very different way and not take the time to learn how to converse and talk and so on. So uh, just bringing you both in on <laughs> on the conversation on, on the, the conversation, conversation. and oh, I know it's, I know it's I'm gonna be one of those how many times have they said conversation yeah conversation, I know we're gonna there? say it loads <laughs> we're gonna say it loads but it's, it's it's you know it's me waffling a little bit so it's a bit like I'm not even practicing what we're gonna talk about um <laughs> uh, which is having a proper conversation um but I, I was watching a TED talk by Celeste, Head, Celeste Headley and In this, she quotes a teacher who talks about the fact that uh, conversational competence is is one of the single most things that we've lost. And in terms of teaching young people, they definitely are not learning how to have conversations. So we're bypassing this whole area of how to converse with each other and the importance of it. Um, A good conversation can change your life. It can inspire you. Um, it can bring engagement and so on and I think you know I really think it's one of those important ones that Mm. we need to focus Mm on so Advita what do you think about where we are in terms of conversations right now
2: I think you're right Trude I think we have lost the skill on how to converse with each other without wanting to put our opinion on others I think that's what's happening right now in the world is that when we're having conversations with people, it's almost like we're persuading them to think our way and, we're con- and our brain is encouraging us to be that way rather than being curious in, in the other person and what they have to say. And I think the world of technology hasn't helped the art of conversation because we're constantly either speaking in very short forms of, of text. There's no context often. And I think that's now becoming real life for a lot of people. So when you're in work or you are talking to friends or family, it's almost we don't give ourselves the time to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know, it's about inspiring and all of that, but it's also about connection. You know, it's about how do we connect with other people? How do I get to know you properly and understand where you're coming from and who you are and where your thinking has been formed from if really sometimes the conversations we have is can be a form of attack Mm -hmm. and it does feel like that it's either a form of attack or I I need them to see my point of view you know we spoke about productive disagreements in a previous episode in 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 a couple of seasons ago and I feel like most conversations can be a bit like that and I don't know whether it's because we just don't have the time anymore or the luxury of time of just chatting or it's just quicker to send a whatsapp message out or a text message or a voice a voice note to an extent is still one way Mm. you know you still you know i leave you both podcast with (laughs) advita all the time i love your podcast (laughs) which is normally 18 to 20 minutes of me rumbling on to nobody really (laughs) there's no real conversation it's
0: the pauses that you're doing if you're getting ready in the morning and you'll you'll be talking and then you'll go oh sorry i was just doing my lipstick (laughs)
2: That is not a conversation. That is just me talking. It's a at, monologue. It's a monologue. It really is. And I think a lot of people do that, don't they? Like I leave so many voice notes for my friend and we go back and forth. But And it, you could argue that is a bit of a conversation, but it isn't really. Mm. It's just me talking at you both for 18, 20 minutes, sometimes 25, <laughs> depending on the day's gone. Um, and then you're responding back either through mm-hmm. messaging or, or, or voice notes. So yeah, I do think we've lost it out of conversation. Yeah, I think we're more impatient with each other, we're less tolerant of each other. We make assumptions much be- a lot more than we ever used to because mm-hmm. we're driven by other people's opinions of other people. Um so yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to do and I think we should definitely be thinking more about how do we bring conversation back into the world of work and the and the work that we do in general and with our friends and, and family, especially with people working in different locations and flexibly as well.
1: Yeah. I mean I- Especially as we talk about engagement and at work and how, you know, how we need leaders to you know, connect with their people and so on. The the basic element of that is actually having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that most of us avoid. A lot of people try to think, well, do you know, what? how can I actually speak to them without actually speaking to yeah, them? I don't like um,
2: people. I don't like <laughs> people
1: don't like them i don't like people and i want to um i'll I'll interact with them and and this is why sometimes we have meaningless comms going out you know because somebody says we want to get something out there we want to share something with people but i don't really want to talk to them Mm. and so you just put out pump out comms what do you think jenny
0: so i i agree i think that we have lost a bit of the art of conversation and i was reflecting as as we started this episode on even this podcast because when we started this six seasons ago it was in the pandemic and it was at the time where we could get together so we the three of us sat in a room and did three episodes three Mm -hmm. or four episodes and then for the rest of it we had to go to zoom because we couldn't get together and we were getting busy and different things and i i remember our producer at the time debbie saying it's so much nicer when you're in a room because the conversation flows so much more freely when you're together whereas when you're recording yeah. a podcast on zoom it doesn't feel as natural it doesn't mm. flow as well because you're unmuting or you're mm. you know letting someone talk or it just it's not how we are designed to communicate mm. and i think there is something that on the back of the pandemic that's forced everyone to talk and use digital tools much more the the natural flow of conversation doesn't happen very much and we don't really know how to do it. So mm. we're either in person talking over each other because we don't know how there's no one got the mute button, <laughs> or we're on Zoom and it's stilted and yeah. it's not, it's not quite there. So I think I think that's really interesting. When you were talking about um, people going into a conversation to kind of win the argument, it reminded me of the book Poles Apart, which mm. I've talked about before, and how we are more polarised than ever before in society. And part of that is because we do go into conversations to win. And actually, to bring people together, you have to come into a conversation to listen, to understand, not mm. to respond. And you have to come into a conversation to not pass judgment. And mm. I think that we're so quick to do that. The other thing that's that's coming forward to me is a bit of the fear of a conversation. And you touched on that just now, Trude. And if I think even about some of my friends who have varying degrees of, of senior roles in organisations, and their fear of going and talking to people is real. And, and I wonder how that links to confidence. Mm-hmm. She says, pointing at it. <laughs> um, because there's something in there, there's something in there where I'm the friend that is like, oh, Will you go and ask, you know, you go and talk to them. And even if it's silly things like a scavenger hunt on a hen do, and you've got to go and find someone with the name of the groom, which we had, I was just walking up to people going, are you called James? <laughs> are you called James? And my friend was just dying inside the whole time because she just didn't want to go and ask anyone Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. and I just think we are that's what we're built to do as human beings we are meant to have social connections Mm -hmm. we're meant to be connected to each other and this fear of doing that I think is linked to confidence maybe it's linked to you know not not being sure how people are going to react because we have created this sort of society with technology where we are can be not very nice to people online. Um, and a lot of the work I do is around helping leaders have difficult conversations. I, I spend a lot of time saying, this might feel a bit uncomfortable, but we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, and we've got to have conversations that you might not want to have in order to move things forward. And we, it's okay to have conversations and disagree and all
1: of these things because we've we've just forgotten how to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, it's so interesting what you just all of what you just said, because I I do stuff with difficult conversations. And as I coach leaders, you know, one of the biggest things you do in coaching is converse. Um, But it's sometimes the anxiety that's built from not having the conversation that you're dealing with when you're coaching with people sometimes, what's coming out is the fact that all they needed to do was have a conversation with somebody to resolve an issue or to explore something it could be that they were making an assumption all along and a simple conversation would have solved the problem so there's within that whole fear part there's the anxiety that comes Mm. that's settling you know it's almost like you're allowing that that anxiety to fester in in you while you know while you're not having the conversation that you just need to have yeah i think we've said it about 50 times
0: already (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's hard to have i mean even if i mean i've had to have some really difficult conversations that not not work related i've had you know and i've and i've spoken to friends who have had to have equally very difficult conversations in relationships and it is hard mm. you know it's you know it's really it's really hard to say the things that you really want to say for your own happiness sometimes or for your own well-being that you don't know how that person's going to react and 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 it, and you could sort of t- really tie yourself up in that whereas actually if you just had the conversation and i've shared some of that with with you two as in our you know friendship around i've just got to have the conversation i've just got to have a conversation mm.
2: but that's really hard it, it is. is it's not a natural place for us to be it isn't and it's a fear of rejection as yeah. well or the fear of being you know is again i want to mention dr Brené brown <laughs> <where> <laughs> she talks about the narrative that you're telling yourself mm-hmm. right and if you leave it too long, that narrative is just getting doubled and doubled. And it's it's classic things of like, and you mentioned, you know, I think my most common sentence to the people I work with is, have you asked them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you asked them? How do you know that? Have you asked them? Have you had that conversation yeah. with them? And they almost look a bit baffled. It's like no It's a new concept. <laughs> I, I haven't asked them, but I just know. Well, how do you know? Well, because yeah. they looked at me really funny in that meeting. Did they? Yeah. Or or do you think they did because you believe they don't like you or they said something or whatever that narrative you're telling? Or were they eating a sherbet lemon and it was a bit sharp? And it could be, you know, and it could be a number of things and it's never as what, it rarely is, I should say, what do you think it is? Yeah. And unless you have that conversation with them, you'll always believe that's what they think about you or that's what happened. So there is this whole don't allow it not allowing that narrative to take over your perception of what's happened and it is uncomfortable and it is scary and i think some of the topics we talk about in current times can be very uncomfortable you know whether you're talking about inclusion and diversity whether you're talking about climate change whether you're talking about cost of living whether you don't want to talk about the privileges that you have because you don't want people to judge you so you keep quiet you don't want to talk about any of that kind of stuff but If we don't, then how do we connect Mm. and how do we grow together as a society and how do we make sure that we can all live in this world that we're trying to create, of this harmony Mm. where we can all support each other and and know, you know, this is the reason we do what we do, all three of us, right? We've got this huge ambition to change the world of work and change the world (laughs) (laughs) and you can't change the world without conversation. Yeah. You just can't. And I, you know, you mentioned having challenges with friends and stuff. I've had the same where I've sent a very quick WhatsApp message to a friend and there's no real context behind it. And she's read it in a very different way. And we've fallen out for months. Mm. And I'm like, I haven't heard from her for ages what's going on. And you just think, busy life, busy life, busy life. And then only when I took the time to have a conversation with her, she said, I was really upset by that message you sent me. And it, it went on for six months. And I learned a lesson from that point to say, as much as we think is more convenient for us to send that message, yeah. it's not always convenient for that person how they may misunderstand what you're trying to say to them. Exactly. And thankfully, because I did reach out and say, is everything okay? I've not heard from you in ages. Can we have a conversation? They they opened up, she opened up to me and mm. said, I felt really hurt by what you said. And it was a passing, it felt like you were being quite ignorant to what I was saying to you. And at that time, I remember sending that message and I was busy. I was waiting for a train as usual. I, was, I didn't want to miss it. So I just quickly sent something and just forgot about it. Mm. And and she misunderstood. And I think we do a lot of that, even mm. on Twitter. How many arguments do we see between people in 240 characters? And I always say, take it offline or say to that person, let's have a chat. Yeah. 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 I mean, I
1: was just thinking as you were talking because... It is uncomfortable, some of the conversations that we have to have, but are we using, or it could be that we're using social media and technology like WhatsApp and so on. We're using that as an excuse or scapegoat for not having that face-to-face conversation. And then I was reflecting on the fact that sometimes I have a conversation to have with somebody. It might not even be uncomfortable. And I keep thinking to myself, do you know what? I just can't go into it right now. I'm just going to send a text. Mm. Um, Now... (laughs) I know that that's not the right thing because for the conversation that I needed to have, a text is not going to do it and Mm. the person might take it the wrong way. Or the person might think, oh, she doesn't care about this particular situation because she's just throwing me a text. But that's not really my intention. Yeah. So intention is quite interesting in all of this because if I I say to myself, I'm going to I'm gonna use social media and technology to just vent what I need to vent or to share what I need to share. Am I using that as an excuse or a scapegoat rather mm. than you know, it's just it's right. But there's though. a there's a balance, isn't there? Because I
0: think we have to use technology for the purposes of course, yeah. that it's been it's it's there to to support and and help us do things in a different way. But it's being mindful enough to know when what's the right channel for and that's what we talk about all the time in communications, what's yeah. the right channel for the message and all that sort of things. But I think we use technology for speed, for ease, for quick connection in different ways. I mean, I didn't voice note at all until 2020, and then I felt weird, and now I do it all the time <laughs> to people. Um, but I do think that the whole that there's a difference for me between using technology to allow us to connect is one thing. Mm but avoiding conversation when you could have a conversation is something different. So to your point of kind of, have we lost this sort of art of conversation? For me, it's not so much about has, has technology replaced that. It's more, if I'm in a board meeting... And people don't know how to communicate with each other. That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily because the technology is coming the way. It's because we're too scared or we don't have the relationships or we haven't invested the time. We've made assumptions. We're not present in the room because we're on our phone doing something else because the meeting doesn't start for five minutes. So if I can send three emails in that time, then that's something off my to-do list (laughs) rather than I'm going to make a cup of tea and chat to Advita and see how Mm -hmm. she is because I'm going to be present in Mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably on reflection as we're talking. That's what I'm thinking about that we it's about being present and that's what oh, i think we have lost yeah. which is coming out in the symptom of we're not having conversations because we are so preoccupied even before we started this podcast recording we were talking about what we were doing next week to be somewhere <laughs> and i was like i can't talk about next week i need to do this week first and then i can get to next week yeah. because it's 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 trying to to be in the moment that you're in rather than constantly looking ahead, and that's mm. something I'm trying to practice more of this year. and I think there's something in that about board meetings and work settings mm. that that link us into the conversation piece.
2: It's a distraction, you're right, and I think the technology now we do have access to is the vehicle for that distraction. Yeah. So how many times have we all been sat in meetings? And we do it ourselves, you know, where you're on your, sending a quick tweet or you're just checking Instagram or you're seeing what's going on, on TikTok. You might be reading the news. There's always something to distract you from the moment. And even in meetings I've been in with clients and people that I work with, they are constantly on like the laptops in front of them oh I'm taking notes are you, <laughs> are, you? <laughs> are you are you really taking notes you can see you know and, and like oh I'm just quickly do this or I'm just doing a quick message here. and we've all done that yeah. and you know I'm not saying we haven't and I think that in itself when the person is speaking they can see that people in the room are not interested yeah. and you're Half switched on to what they're saying, so you misinterpret what they said. then when you do tune in, you challenge mm-hmm. I don't really understand what you're saying there, and then you it's like, Well, if you heard and listened, yeah, <laughs> you might have heard what and known, then yeah. that's when that conflict bit starts, and then you have this whole and people who are listening probably relate to this guy. I can think of several scenarios where conflict has happened, and people have fallen out well don't don't talk to me that way. who are you talking to me that way? right I'm going, yeah. or oh, they don't listen to me, and I'm like, well. Technically, you spent 20 minutes in that meeting texting, emailing, whatever. Then you interrupted their flow because you didn't hear what they said initially and asked them to repeat themselves. They got annoyed and had a go at you, and everyone else in the room didn't know what the hell was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you all leave this room feeling really tired so and well. exhausted. <laughs> and that's what happens, don't they? you think? Put your it was Frances Frey, actually, in her book uh, that she wrote with Anne Morris, uh, Unleashed, where she gave an example of Uber, Uh, And she speaks about this quite publicly in the TED Talk about it, but she said when she went into the first team meeting in Uber, the director meeting, every single person was on their mobile phones Mm. and nobody was looking each other in the eye, nobody was having conversations. And one of the first things she did, which is a very practical, tactical thing, was all phones switched off over there. Nobody has a tech item in, so no laptops. Can people like, oh, I take notes on mine? Well, pen and paper. Yeah. Like, we need to start from basics here. Yeah. yeah. And she said that was one, one of the most single things she did to transform the culture hmm. in that space and allow those senior leaders to have conversations with exactly. each other without destruction. It's incredibly powerful. I mean, some of what we're saying is that we've
1: also gotten out of the habit, I think, of mm. of conversing. And then when you think about um, the next generation who are grown up without with the absence of it, you know, we don't need to do it anymore. I can just send a text or I can just, you know, send emails or I can you know, do something quick to remove the need for me to have a conversation. So that means you no longer have the, the the aptitude for it. You can't, you can't, you're not practicing it. It's not something that you go, it's not your natural go-to. You kind of avoid doing it totally, not because you're afraid or anything, but also because it's not my natural thing anymore. Um, One of the things that um, I, I wanted to highlight was how much Uh, listening was important and we're going to go into tips pretty soon Um, but there was this really good quote uh, before we go into tips uh, from Stephen Covey our friend (laughs) our new friend (laughs) Um, (laughs) new for this season (laughs) we've been talking about him a lot Um, most of us don't listen with the intent to understand we listen with the intent to reply and that's a nod to some of the things that Advita was saying earlier we just don't listen with an intention that we are we're going to learn or understand something we're more focused on how am I going to reply how am I going to reply Mm. um so as we as we go into tips we'll just let that settle (laughs) (laughs) um who who wants to start what do you what do we want tips on how to bring the conversation back or what are you thinking I think just in light of the fact that we're talking about the lost art of conversation, I think it would be really interesting to share with people some of the things that we should be doing. Now, you mentioned, one of the things you mentioned earlier was about being present. And that's mm-hmm. one of the you know, biggest things that we need to be doing. And then I just gave that quote about listening. listening. So what else can people do to start cultivating Um, the art of conversation?
0: So I think there's a couple of things if I think about the work that I'm doing with clients and a lot of the work at the moment is linked to some of this in terms of bringing bringing in um, tools and techniques to help people have conversations that are respectful Um, and listening is part of that. So I think if you have got a situation where people aren't listening to each other and you might have almost over conversation where people are talking over each other or there's just not a Uh, a respectful way of communicating there's a listening exercise that I did when I was doing my accreditation to be facilitated where you sit opposite someone and they tell you a story about their holiday or something for two minutes and you sit quietly and you can't do anything but listen and then you sort of play back what, what you heard that's incredibly powerful to help you understand the art of active listening. Um, and that's really important. So there's a little exercise there that you could try if that's something that's that's happening. Um, and I'd encourage you to do that with your leadership team or with your team and just see how, how that, that plays out. The being present is really important. I love the idea of phones away The thing that's helped uh, me in the past in an organization that I worked in, and when I joined, I came from a culture that was all on the phones, all on the laptops in meetings. And when I joined this organization, they were the opposite. But what worked very well was that they would hold people to account. So if somebody got their phone out in a meeting, they would say to them, Hey, Neil, put your phone away. That's not what we do Mm. and whilst that might have felt a bit uncomfortable it actually really helped the culture and it helped people feel accountable and it helped make sure that we were present and we were with each other and it's something I think you could start to practice in every aspect of your life when you're out for dinner with friends leave your phone in your handbag when you're with your family leave your phone in the kit like just don't have it in the room um so there's that one I think the other thing is always thinking about what you want the outcome to be And I think that if you have that check-in with yourself before a conversation, you make sure that you're not going in kind of emotionally charged, I suppose Mm. would be how I'd describe it. And I use this technique a lot if I'm coaching or with my family sometimes. (laughs) You know, what what are you hoping to achieve by doing that? And I think that's important for us because I think sometimes we can react quite emotionally to something, which is not a bad thing. But if you end up going into something full of emotion and the other person isn't, you can get quite a disconnect in that moment. And there's a lovely example actually from Simon Sinek that he shared where he went and saw his friend in a play. Yeah, I think he shared it on the Stephen Bartlett podcast. Mm. I think he went and saw his friend in a play, and they asked for his feedback right afterwards, and they were very emotionally charged because they were all on a bit of a high from the play. And I, I think he had some feedback that maybe wasn't the most positive. Yeah, I remember. This. So he he sort he said, "Oh, I really enjoyed seeing you perform," and sort of left it at that. And then a few days later, they had a phone call, and he said, "Are you okay? Are you up for some feedback on the show?" And they said, "Yeah, fine," because they were more balanced in terms of that emotion and i think that was it was a really interesting story about mm. be, knowing when to have the conversation and being mindful of someone else and how you're both coming into a moment together mm. and that sounds a bit deep but i think that can be quite important depending be, on yeah. what kind of conversation you need to have mm, totally, and yeah. i suppose my last one i've got loads today i know <laughs> um it's just about being respectful and it's about listening to un- it li- is about listening to understand it's not about judging it's you don't have to win the argument just, it's okay to not agree, that's fine. But you've got to have the conversation to understand what the other person's trying to do mm. to see how you can solve the problem or work together or, or whatever it is. You don't have to win all the time.
2: No. That's good. No. My beta? Um Well, Jenny's done all the tips. <laughs> she just hogged it all very up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's it's awesome. good. Very <laughs> but if I think about... Um, If I take it personally to myself and the lessons I've learned about myself in distraction, because I can be easily distracted because I am a magpie at times, I have to be very intentional with with the person I'm having a conversation with. So I do have to put my technology away. I can't be multitasking. I don't think that is helpful for anybody because you're not having a conversation, are you? You're just no. basically going, adding the odd yes and, uh-huh, mm mm-hmm. my sister hates it. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. <laughs> She's telling me a good story and I, I'm just, I'm obviously on my phone or I'm distracted by something else and she'll be like, so what do you think? And you go, um, yeah. She, she didn't listen to me. <laughs> and that is the worst because you feel really guilty because yeah. they've taken all that time and energy telling tell you this story and then you go, oh, no, tell me, tell me, don't like, no, forget it. And then yep. that's conf- you ruined it You ruined it. <laughs> no. You don't care about me. And that's what it's kind of implying, right? So yeah. distraction is definitely number one. And the other thing is, and this is something I am practicing a lot, is pauses to allow yourself to hear what that person is saying. Because I think if and people are really worried, and this is me, because I hate an awkward silence. Oh, I love a silence. I love it. Well, (laughs) I can sit
0: in that silence. I have
2: now learnt to enjoy that silence. And before, I used to want to try and fill it, you know, that void. Fill it with words, fill it with words. But now, I make a statement and pause. And that's through my coaching, right? And over coaching that you have to do that. So you let that moment sit. Mm. And you allow that person to reflect. Or you yourself can reflect before you respond. Mm. Because I think, to your point, when you're trying to... If you enter a conversation trying to win... And what Trudy said before is your mind's whirring, what do I say, what do I say, what do I say, yeah. reply to this thing. It's too busy. But if you just sit at that moment and you can also say, do you know what, let's come back to that because mm. that's a really like interesting answer you've given me. So let's have a conversation later on about that and let me have a think about it. Mm. And we just don't do that, do we? We feel like we need to be able to respond straight away. Yeah. And I can see so many situations in and and case studies and all those kind of things that we talk about often with our clients and coaches where that silence would have helped yeah, that pause would -hmm. have helped without that reactionary knee jerk you know that we often have because we feel like we need to know or we should know or we want to know and we kind of go on and then my last point is about again we talk a lot about curiosity but it is about curiosity it's not like you know you need to be like oh can you help me understand that a little Mm. bit more and can you help explain to me how you got to that thinking? You mm-hmm. know, and, and with, with kindness as well. You know, like, well, tell, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, what do you Why? mean? Why? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, what? Are you stupid? You do, you know, that even if you don't say that, your tone implies that. Yeah. Whereas if you can just say, that's really interesting. Could you help me understand or help me kind of get to the point where how you got to that thought? And that'll really help me. And and that's, you know, that's the art of conversation, right? And mm. I think Trudy's right. I think the generations who are digital native are so used to instantaneous responses and conversations through WhatsApp, text, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, that they have kind of lost that curious way of asking questions and the pauses. Mm. So those are my tips. Your, your cool. silent one's
0: really interesting. I read a book years ago called The Power of Silence and it was really helpful for me. Mm to have you know to think about that silence piece but the other thing it it had in the book I'll see if I can dig it out because it was Mm -hmm. a very strange little book to pop a link in the show notes but it talked about the the ability to have a conversation but not turn it around on yourself which we can often have a tendency to do so you might share a story and I might then say, oh yeah, that happened to me and I yeah. did you know, because we want to feel that connection. Yeah. But in doing that, we can sometimes take it, um, away. Take it away from you. And I'm t- I used to be terrible at this. And even now, someone will be talking and I'll be like, oh, I've got something to add. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to go, it's not about you. <laughs> you don't need to share this. They don't care. <laughs> but it's, there's this natural sort of need to want to do that from yeah, a connection oh my gosh, perspective. And I think that's something yeah. that is is important to be mindful of when you're having a conversation of, again, what am I trying to achieve? But you don't always have to be like, oh,
2: yeah, and then this and then this. Because I think we do it because of the empathy. Yes. We want to empathize with yeah. that person, so we want to relate with them and say, "Oh, I totally get it." Yeah, and then it ends up being about you and that yeah. person's that there going. It's not right, about you. Not yeah. about you. I was trying a... to tell you something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got something exciting to share, and quite, you just stole my
2: thunder. But quite a few people, and I, I do, I do do this. And I'm very conscious of it because I had heard something very similar a few yeah. years ago about how not to stop making conversations about you. Yeah, you know, when your friends sharing a story about a horrible manager, you're like, "Oh my god, I know." Yeah. Like oh, you should hear what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. And before you know it, like it's your story, it's you're having a else. conversation, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "All right, thanks for that." And yeah. then, you know, we have friends who are very polite and, and supportive. And if you are a bit of a talker, it can it can take over. So I'm very mindful of that. But it's yeah. a really good reminder. That's that, Jenny, a, good, a reminder. Really good reminder. I
1: mean, one of the things that all of this reminds me of is that my next tip, actually, <laughs> which is um, <laughs> enter into every conversation as if you you're expecting to learn something. Oh, I like nice. that. So when you when when we. When we step back, and I, I borrowed that from Celeste Headley, by the way, <laughs> stole it. Um, no, but basically, when we, it's how we enter into a conversation. Yeah. Sometimes we enter into the conversation with that intention. I'm going to show everybody how much I know. <laughs> I'm going to make sure everybody knows that I'm clever. Edvita's laughed way too hard. At that. <laughs> I'm clever, and I know I know everything. So I need to come across as if to say I know it all. Yeah. And when we get, when we enter into a conversation like that, then we end up with some of the things we were just talking Mm. about. And, um, but if we do come from the angle of, I want to see what I can learn, I'm really interested in people. I want to know what this person is all about. That, that shifts it a little bit because it, it makes you more aware of the fact that you're going in there for a reason. Um... And, you know, within that, you, you'll be amazed at what you learn about people because people have loads of things that they don't tell you because they don't have a conversation. Um, and, and the other one was to ask open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. So don't ask questions that are closed. Ask questions where, they, where people will be able to express what's really going on for them and that's really important it kind of couples listening doesn't it you listen and you ask great questions and
2: it ties back into the whole being curious thing mm. so um so yeah love i that. think you know the other thing is is that i think we forget how to have random conversations as well mm. yeah i love a random conversation i loved like just chatting about i know the, the space stuff freaks jenny out so we don't talk we don't talk, about just space. don't talk about space. But you know they're really gonna be like, why? Why? Well, I just just yeah. ask us, we'll yeah. share. It's fine. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> but, never going to space, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but like even the most and this is what when we talk about that, you know, the water cooler conversations out there in the office or when you're making a cup of tea, they're the most kind of most powerful conversations I've had with people and built friendships over our annoyance that there's no milk in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) relating to a story today. Um or there's, you know, or or somebody's not into dishwasher and you're like, oh we're you know, when it's those little things that there's really and we just don't do that now, do we? We're in such a rush. But we don't do it even
0: outside. I mean we had a night out um, recently in Manchester and we ended up (laughs) we ended up talking to all of these people and giving out business cards which is very unnecessary showing (laughs) our website yeah (laughs) but we ended up and we've ended up maintaining some of those relationships since that night but they were completely random meetings of people where you strike up a conversation at a bar and just have a have a really great time and I think there's never there's not an agenda in that it's just people connecting and I think we have lost that And whether that's the pandemic that's part of it or well people are suspicious as people well people are suspicious though. what do you want yeah, you want? yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> why actually, are you talking to me I'm just saying, <laughs> leave hi. me alone do you know the one thing I do do more recently is if I see someone that's wearing like a really nice outfit or something I'll walk past and be like that's a really nice
1: dress or that looks oh. really nice well I always do that um, I, think, yeah. I think I was brought up that way yeah. where you compliment people and I then they look at nice. you kind of scared like yes. why are you saying this to yes. me but, um, <laughs> please don't start a conversation with me I'm just waiting for wait <laughs> exactly but, but i have to say like i I've, uh, cultures are different so when i was in canada everybody talks to you yeah and it, it freaked me out being from london um but then again when i reflected and thought about it i thought well actually that's quite it's really nice. nice yeah my sister used to tell me to calm down but yeah but generally when they <laughs> i could just see you like freaking out I'm walking like, around canada of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd you'd be standing anywhere and people just start a conversation with you and it was overwhelming, especially yeah. when you're coming from our culture here in the UK. Um, I, I, sorry, but Manchester, we that, are a friendly, like chatty yeah. bunch of folks. It's the
0: north-south. Um, like, like, I remember yeah. the, one of the first times I went up to, in, in the north, my husband, who's travelled more around the UK than I have, and all these people were talking to us and saying hello, and I was like, why the What's Why is everybody like? saying hello? <laughs> and
2: he was doing it. I was like, "What's
0: happened to you? We never do this in the south."
2: <laughs> no, we are we are a friendly bunch up north. Like very chatty, very. And this is, and I think this is what I found unusual about London because people don't talk. I mean, I'm not I'm generalising a lot here, yes. but because everyone's in a rush. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's in a busy and everyone's yeah. in a rush. We're busy.
0: Yeah. I, we do try and change that. Clearly Trudy and I are going against the grain and and starting random <laughs> conversations in London. So if you happen to be in London <laughs> well, and want a random conversation, to just uh, come telling and talk people to us. how great they look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You look great today. You're ace
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit CarMageRebels.com. We'd love to continue the conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.